0: friends, welcome to episode 96 of Storyteller Conclave. This is a show all about helping you run the best tabletop role-playing game that you can, whether you're a new storyteller or dungeon master learning the craft, or an experienced storyteller looking to take your game to the next level. I am Sarah. And I'm Rob.
1: How are you doing, Rob? Um, I'm okay. I just dawned on me something, though. Okay. I think at episode 100 I need to start doing the intros, because you've done the last, like, 98
0: yeah. Well, no. There was that one time I went on vacation. I went up north. Oh, that's
1: true. I had to do that. See, I said like ninety-eight out of the hundred. So when we hit hundred, this is gonna get weird. Like, yeah,
0: it's gonna be a real weird. Yeah. Yeah. Like, do you not want me to do the intro?
1: Anymore? No, I like, like you doing do we need, the intros. Do we need to talk? But do we need to have a band. No, meeting? I think. we're- what... Oh God, <laughs> is the podcast
0: ending? Oh God. <laughs>
1: I think it's. Me. I think it's more the fact that like you're always asking me how I'm doing, and I'm never truly prepared for that answer. So I need to start turning the tables.
0: Uh, yeah, no, uh, that's because I turn the tables to oh. avoid answering that que- that question myself. I
1: See, I see. Well, that's fair. Yeah, it's a power move. I. That makes a lot more sense now. That makes a lot more sense now. Well, hi. Hi. Well, welcome to Storyteller Conclave, where two people have Wednesday nights as our therapy sessions.
0: Wednesday night therapy sessions.
1: That's right. That's right.
0: Uh, so the the topic tonight at hand is uh, dark fantasy.
1: Yeah, and we're not we're not talking about the fanfic style. We're we're, we're talking about role playing in the setting of dark fantasy.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and so we we uh. I want to talk about you know a little bit about uh, you know what what dark fantasy is. Um, uh, it's actually kind of a great time. We we had this topic planned out a little while ago, um, way ahead of time, you know, <laughs> several months ahead yeah. of time. But actually, it turns out that um, Ravenloft is getting a new yeah. book. I was saw this that. the Coast announce it. It's due out May eighteenth. Yep,
1: yep. Um we've got a couple other games that are actually uh that just did really well on um Kickstarter, uh, Grim Hollow. Yeah. I yep, saw yep, that yep. was going really well. And there's a a few other things that have happened, I guess, in recent time with uh some of the other settings that we're gonna be talking about mm-hmm. where minor adjustments have been made, but again it, it kind of rebirthed. So a lot of things have been coming around back to this.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's been kind of one of those topics that's been dancing on the corner of my uh Corner of my news feed for for several months now, so I think it's been good to get around to talk about it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, what exactly is? Dark fantasy. We always start with a definition. Uh, We'll try and handle that. Exactly what we're talking about here. So dark fantasy is um, basically like your typical fantasy setting. You know, Mm -hmm. you're going to have your your undead and your vampires and your, um, I don't know, uh, dragons and werewolves and all that jazz.
1: Typical things that grant you a fantasy realm. Right, right, right.
0: right. There's going to be swords and sorcery involved. Um, But with dark fantasy... It's it's a it's more of a mood, yes. Um, and it's more of a mood, a setting. There's an oppressive pall of gloom over everything.
1: Yeah, the um, the assumption is made that it's already gone to shit, in the sense that not necessarily the world as a whole, uh, like a post apocalyptic, but more along the lines. Of this is like we're still moving through this. The the forces that came to kick our butts are still here. They may even be controlling the situation mm-hmm. and and running the game now
0: um, the general conceit in most fantasy is that you know people are generally good or at least neutral in the sense that they 're just trying to get along and you know uh, so, such like that um, can it be appealed to reason? There are good people out and around, um, some rulers and such like that you know noble people are um, generous and kind. Really happens in dark fantasy, the general conceit is that people are evil by
1: default yeah or um, or or at least the or at least unscrupulous th- I think that 's the better way of putting it because i 'm not necessarily saying that everyone is evil because a lot of times they're not um you 'll get within these settings that a certain group, the oppressed group, is doing the best they can to survive. Mm-hmm. That doesn't necessarily make them evil, but it does make them opportunistic.
0: It does make them opportunistic and they and they, they may have crossed several lines in just out of the, the, the necessity to survive. Correct. You know, they've had to make some hard choices. Yeah, and
1: those that have survived probably did not do it out of the kindness of their heart to help others. Exactly. They're exactly. they're doing what they need to do. <laughs> or might do and then that's considered okay
0: mm-hmm. yeah. so so i would say gray is as good as it gets yeah essentially yeah in, 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 in a dark fantasy
1: set. but the stunning lights that do exist there are very bright
0: oh yeah 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 and then we will we will talk about contrast yes. later because it's a major theme in dark fantasy mm-hmm. um one thing you're probably asking yourself right now is uh how does this differ from horror because it sounds like i'm describing horror right it really does um and the the key the key shift is the power dynamic okay mm-hmm. in dark fantasy your characters at least still have the power to affect things around them mm-hmm. they're still the agents of change in the in the world mm-hmm. and in the story yes. in horror the power dynamic shifts against the characters making them the prey animals yeah think of it them the hunted
1: more along the line. horror is almost inevitably investigation and chase mm-hmm. is pretty much all that it is it is a suspenseful feel at all times you are the prey yes. whereas with uh with just uh dark fantasy um you're you're living in a moment where you can still be
0: you still drive Heroic. the action. Yeah. Heroic. Yeah. In, in, in you movement. still have choices to make. Correct. Right. Correct. Uh, so what are some great examples of dark fantasy out there? Um, uh, so Your favorite. Oh, yeah. So a uh, selection of, like, video games, books, movies, and things like that that you might know the dark mm-hmm. fantasy feel mm-hmm. from. Uh, one of my all-time favorites, the Dark Souls, what we call the Soulsborne set. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, dark Souls, Demon's Souls, Bloodborne.
1: Yep.
0: Uh, that whole um, set of games right there. Yeah. Um, I, I I've got a little section later where I'm gonna pontificate a bit more on Dark Souls, but I kinda of wanna throw it out there as a reference for
1: yeah, I think that I th- is dark fantasy. Yeah, uh, but I think for a more general sense, Diablo has been around as a as a, a as a word and phrase. And yep. It's an easy way to get your mind into it. In fact, um, uh, Critical Role just did a recent uh, piece for uh, Gen Con where mm-hmm. they did uh, a setting in Diablo, which was hilarious. Uh, Blizz- Blizzcon. Blizzcon, I'm sorry. Blizzcon line. Yes. Yep. Yeah, that was interesting the way they did that. But uh, um, I thought it was neat who played who, in character classes-wise. Yeah, believe it or not, I actually haven't watched it. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, yeah. D- go watch mm-hmm. at least the intro, because I will say one thing. Matt Mercer does an incredible job of holding the narration oh, yeah. and main characters' voices.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like He
1: does an amazing job of that. It was very wonderful to listen to, mm-hmm. and then go back and re-watch the original Diablo, like the original game, op- opening and your character's first uh, initiation in, and then listen to his voice, and listen to how hard he worked to make oh, sure it sounded wow. that good. It was very well done. Okay. Um. So I, I I have to give him mad props. He is he is eloquent at his skills. Okay, okay, okay. I will uh, uh,
0: we'll definitely turn around and give it a look.
1: Yeah, it, it, it made me want to sit there and kind of listen more just for that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and then they went ahead and actually did some beautiful artwork for them, really captured the feel of of what was going on and who these people were and you could feel it in the way they developed those characters. So if you really need to get a, a good current view of what role playing in a dark fantasy is, um, I would definitely go to that as a as an opening to listen to the characters, the way things are described, um, just to get a feel for it.
0: Yeah, I definitely think it's it's up on I, I'm pretty sure it's up on YouTube it right is. now. It um, is. okay, yeah. So yeah, BlizzCon
1: whatever was very nice about putting it up there. Good,
0: good, 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 good. yeah. So that will yeah. be on critical roles and I think, uh,
1: channel. I think they actually just released the critical role channel version of it, which is much more concise yes. than yes. the other. But that's what I saw because yeah. I subbed to them to yep. critical role. So um but another one that uh, um that I know uh, from the from history is the Dark Tower, which then became a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, not to say that See, they really have a connection, <laughs> but well,
0: first off, for, from video games, we we really can't squirt past going uh, dark, mentioning Darkest Dungeon. Oh, that's true. That's Darkest true. Dungeon is probably the darkest fantasy I've yeah. ever <laughs> I've <laughs> ever. I so here's the thing about Darkest Dungeon is uh like I played through the whole Dark Souls series, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it was, it was rough at times, yeah. you know, but uh, – uh, and I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about that later. But Darkest Dungeon was one of those games I took one look at, and I just decided I was not going to play it. Nope, too much. Um, It's it's great. Don't get me wrong. It's a phenomenal game, and I will sing its praises, but, like, oh, it's stressful.
1: It's stressful, and it's very grim. It's very, very grim, grim, and it's
0: very stressful, and I just, so I just watched a Let's Play of it, and that was – just just getting the secondhand fringe anxiety was enough for me, you know? Yeah.
1: And keep in mind that when we're talking about dark fantasy, we're talking about the fantasy aspect of mm-hmm. that, the the kind of medieval trope of it. A lot of people will also look to say, well, isn't um, uh, wouldn't you consider Half-Life? kind of dark fantasy in the sense that you have this oppressive world it's gone to shit there's a you, you the, still have a heroic struggle going on i almost put it most more post-apocalyptic and that's where i'm saying is is that it's not post it's current because current they're still yeah they're still there there's still a force to be dealt with and still heroic things that can happen but uh, yeah
0: and, and that's and that's the thing is but that it's not fantasy it's, we're, well, we're stepped away from that
1: regardless of fantasy though i don't
0: know that it's even necessarily dark I mean there's okay no get me wrong it's okay. it's darker than your typical sci-fi um it's, it, there there are a lot of grim aspects and stuff like that we've essentially lost the war mm-hmm. but um i think especially because of who the main character is and how the main character is regarded throughout the throughout the game people are happy to see him and he's a he's a hero amongst them and such like that that, oh, yeah. that there's there's a general sense of hope that what you're doing will affect the outcome. I don't think that a dark fantasy setting necessarily comes with that, like
1: that level of hope. That
0: level of hope, like, like I think, I think there's a general, a general idea in Half Life that you can win Mm-hmm. and that things will be okay on the other side. Yes, maybe not the same, but okay.
1: Yeah, and I, I, I think the setting gives him, g- gives you the chance of when you come into it. Oh, it's. It's Freeman. Yeah. Oh, it's the Freeman. Like No one's going to do that in a dark fantasy setting. They're going to look at it and go, oh, crap, it's Freeman. Uh, You're just bringing more hell on us, an, aren't you? An,
0: another adventurer who thinks that he's got what it takes to turn this all around. Well, well here's
1: some stuff. Good luck to you.
0: Here's your last drink. I'll see you at your funeral. Right, you right. know. We'll um, get into that with
1: some of the other and, things. But and
0: yeah. Aside from like for, for the outcome, though, and this is kind of touching upon like the themes that, that make up dark fantasy, is I don't think that you... You hope for a good outcome in dark fantasy. I think you break even, or I think you hope to accomplish a personal goals, mm-hmm. a
1: goal against the backdrop of all this awfulness. But I don't think you hope for a good outcome. And see, that's where, when I was looking at this and, and thinking about it, Dark Crystal as a movie, I think it cuts the edge of that very finely. It, it does. Because there is heroicness in it. There is a light in it. There is hope within it and that hope is not constantly dashed yes even yes. your darkest characters in that some of the darker characters come to a realization mm-hmm. and that's not something that you're really going to find in dark fantasy
0: Mm-hmm. that's that's fair that's actually so fair. i think
1: cutting that mm-hmm. line of where does dark fantasy become fantasy in a dark setting is, is where heroics and things like that can happen so i think that uh that that line can be blurred a little bit mm-hmm. but we're going to focus on what really puts it squarely in dark fantasy now
0: you so. mentioned dark tower earlier i did i did uh, i'm a big fan of the series mm-hmm. uh, it's by stephen king yep. uh it's seven books in that series it starts with the gunslinger if you're not yes. familiar um yeah i would have to say that's that's dark fantasy very much so. um and again kind of touching on that whole we don't really we're not really hoping for a good outcome the best we can kind of hope for is to break even yeah um
1: yeah hunger games Hunger Games You they, could make an argument. You could for make that. a pretty strong argument for some of the books, definitely. I wouldn't say all of them, but I would say for some of them, because dashing hopes is a huge thing in that. Mm-hmm. And the the whole idea of hope becoming something that is vestigial. Yeah. Is exposed in yeah. that a lot. Or, or
0: even poisonous. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I would agree with that. I think, I think it, I think it more squarely sits than a lot of the other pieces.
0: Uh, now one of the other things that sits, uh, squarely in the pop culture spotlight, mm-hmm. um, regardless of your feelings of the production from HBO is a song in fire and ice, otherwise known as game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs>
1: well yeah but i mean just it is very much in that it is I mean, very dark fantasy
0: it's it's the basically the reason i stopped watching it yeah it was because it was almost too dark fantasy and yeah. that you couldn't get attached to anybody nope like oh hey i like this guy go- oh no he's no dead. he's dead he's dead okay well no but this new character that they introduced no, he's I, 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 okay, oh he's dead oh too. but what about the this other character mm, char- care are is are Arya stark Mm-mm. Yay! Okay, okay. One. I can actually like one. her. Sort of, sort, of, <laughs> sort of sort of. For right But now. even but I think yeah. she's a perfect
1: example of something that is scrupulous in the world because they have to be. Yeah. And and we're going to kind of dig into some more other things on that, but I would definitely say that fits because of it. Mm-hmm. Because of how it portrays even the finest of characters. Yep, yep, yep. yep. So,
0: uh and you mentioned movies, uh Dark Crystal we talked a little bit about um Coraline. Yeah. I know you're a big fan of that.
1: I do love Coraline. I think that it does squarely fit within that. I think uh, because all of the characters, the moment you meet them, you're believing that there's something wrong there.
0: Yeah, they're uh, every everybody in that story, down to Coraline herself, is a little grotesque.
1: Yeah, and and just a little bit off. That you're not certain that they're good. Mm-hmm. That there's something about them that isn't right. And you have to find the hero within that. I think at the end, in in the way that it ends up, you're definitely getting that feel, that strong feel that this is more of a heroic story. But I would say that Coraline, I I would say, strongly fits within dark fantasy Mm -hmm. style. Um,
0: Knox is in the live chat saying, I've seen none of these things you're mentioning. Uh, Make a list, buddy. Yeah. Um, If you're interested in dark fantasy. Especially Coraline. Um, I think Coraline's perfect. Coraline's absolutely the softest part. Of of this list that we're making here, yeah,
1: it's definitely a gateway.
0: Um, it is uh Neil Gaiman, yeah, yes, yes. and um, uh, so that the writing is a phenomenal. Um, mm-hmm. it's got almost a fairy tale esque sort of, but it's it's a grim fairy tale, very much but so. It's, it, but it's very very fairy tale in nature. Um, and it's some of the best stop motion claymation animation you'll see.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, ever. Yeah. Period. Yeah. And, and watch it all the way through. Cause oh, yeah. he has seen Chloraline. Excellent. Well, good choice. Good all right, choice. good, 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 good. Good, good,
0: good. Um, and then Pan's Labyrinth.
1: Ooh. Ooh, yeah. Now you want to talk dark fantasy. Beautiful dark fantasy at that. Um, Mixing of worlds, questioning of sanity. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it, we're, we're both the fantastical world and the real world are awful, awful places. Everybody in them are awful, awful people. Yeah. And just one little girl trying to just cope with it all
1: Hmm. Mm-hmm. um
0: yeah. yeah that's probably my favorite on this list
1: yeah there there are many others that i would put in that that you could get close to it but the key here is is that we're talking about fantasy and we're not just talking about gritty terror and gritty worlds yeah, yeah. uh we're talking about the fantasy aspects of that and and where it sits so
0: uh all right so we've gone through a lot of other media yep what tabletop RPGs do we got in the dark fantasy? Well, band? you
1: cracked open ra- Ravenloft um, yeah. as something. And I think uh, Ravenloft has been around a long time. Oh, very long um, time. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I I, I can remember it as long as I've remembered D&D. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember it uh, becoming kind of a household name of like, oh, you mean the vampire module Ravenloft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. You know, right, everybody right. can... Has an image of what Ravenloft is, where it is, how dark it is. There,
0: we all we all kind of knew the name Strahd. Mm-hmm. Um, yep, and,
1: good old Count uh, Strahd.
0: Yeah, wasn't there? Wasn't there like a Death Knight guy. Um,
1: mm-hmm. I'm terrible oh, with any of their names. Yeah, I can
0: I can see his face. He had that like sort of kettle helm with the with the, yep. with the scarves wrapped around the base
1: of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He was uh, again uh, one of the funniest parts about that was some of the earliest art mm-hmm. of Ravenloft was actually taken or or mimicked from castlevania series
0: was it was it that ravenloft ripped off castlevania or would castlevania rip off ravenloft i could not remember which one was which
1: and that'll be a never-ending battle for uh, i think for a lot of people of what was what overwatch with the save in the uh thank the you so, uh, i was Lord, just gonna say overwatch Lord with Lord no thank yep. you thank you <laughs> i was actually just gonna make the comment you know if, if overwatch is here, here he'll know he'll know. They, they, thank you overwatch uh but yeah again that um uh I would say that Belmont definitely is a hero, a dark hero in a dark fantasy as well. There's less story known there, but there's a lot more going on. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, The other, uh, Vampire Hunter D in the anime. Yeah. The original Vampire Hunter D was another dark fantasy that I would say, but Ravenloft kind of encapsulated a lot of that um, design, a lot of that. Uh, belief of what a vampiric run world would be like mm-hmm. what would a how would a vampire run a con, a, con, a country or, or 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 a large duchy if you well, will I think a
0: lot of that comes also down to like Bram Stoker's Dracula I mean it's where, where a lot of the original roots of that were and it does the vampire and, yeah. myth itself but he's the, the the noble in the castle up on the mountain yeah. that overlooks the town you know. without
1: the romanticism of who Count Strahd is he knows he's not a romantic oh yeah
0: Yeah, 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 like it it
1: pulled that aspect right out of it and Mm -hmm. went back to vlad the impaler who had a you know who was doing what they were doing and the darkness that followed that and the people who are like this is a grim world Mm -hmm. like we we are in the worst of you know the darkness of uh eastern europe during times when everything's shit um and uh we get kicked off of apple music um (laughs)
0: But I was say, that's two. That's
1: two. I think we get four. Um, okay. So we'll make it count. Um, but in any case, it's it's grim because everyone there knows how bad it is. Yeah. That it's never a question. It's a, just a matter of when. Like you don't go out at night. Why? Because you know you're going to get eaten by wolves or drained by a vampire. You don't have your. You know your. You have you, you have a child. That child is in question until they can defend themselves, and even then, mm-hmm. you know, keep them hidden, keep them safe. Yep, you know. Yep.
0: Uh, one thing I didn't know uh, is I like I never really got into Ravenloft back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, I, I've, I've talked about before that I, I kind of only really started getting into D and D like really hardcore in, in third edition, mm-hmm. and Ravenloft really wasn't a thing in third edition.
1: No, it was second. I first pretty strong.
0: It was very very much a second edition thing. Yeah. Um, so I mean, I kind of knew of it by reputation because you know I, I know my I know my roots and I know my mm-hmm. elders, but yep, yep. Uh, but I never I never really played in Ravenloft, so I never therefore never got into it all that right, much, right? Right. Um, but at least uh, with this new book, they're talking about thirty different realms of which Ravenloft. Is beautiful. Um, it's called it's going to be called uh Von, Van Richten's Guide to Ravenloft. Um, it's a whole setting book. Um, uh, piggybacking off of the success of Curse of Strahd, which mm-hmm. is the module. Mm-hmm. Um. And yeah, apparently there's there's like thirty different realms there and they've all kind of got their own dark fantasy theme to them. Okay. From uh, you know, uh Strahd the vampire, you know, uh, with his castle up on the hill, Mm -hmm. um, down to a realm that is verging on the edge of a zombie apocalypse outbreak. Okay. um, To ones based off of like uh, Indian mythology and stuff like that, where there are three warring evil powers against each other. Interesting. Okay. Uh, Yeah, so they they, they took, um, and I think there's an Egyptian themed one too. So there's there's a lot of things that. to offer a dark fantasy setting in this new Ravenloft book. So I would nice. definitely give it a look. Um, once again, that's that hits shelves May 18th.
1: Fantastic, fantastic. And it's up
0: for a pre-order on d d Beyond.
1: Yeah, I'm actually going to jump, because of how you brought into this one, mm-hmm. is that uh, White Wolf and Vampire was my gateway into dark fantasy. Yeah, yeah. And I actually stepped into it... Uh, uh initially into contemporary more so Mm -hmm. and then fell in love with dark ages yes and i I played dark ages with friends and it was dark and it was grim and you know we were constantly struggling with with a world that felt like it was on the verge of falling apart you know and trying to keep society together and having this background edge of control Mm -hmm. um but one of the things that is that White Wolf did beautifully was paint the setting and paint these characters as whole people. Yeah, You know, that it wasn't just your powers, it wasn't just your set, it was that you were embedded in the society and that some people who had these tendencies maybe they were because you were graced by some light Mm -hmm. or uh, inspired in some way and, and crazed in that direction, you know, so you had these these, shall we say couplings of individuals who wouldn't normally get together but their common goal made sense.
0: Right, right, right. And that's where you get your coterie from mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah. Um the one the one aspect that I really loved um about World of Darkness uh in general is uh the idea that they you had like a humanity score. Yes. Um and I, I think you know a lot of people just kinda played it as hey let's play crazy vampires and just, you know, have some power gamey fun mm-hmm. throwing cars around with our super strength. Um but I think the intent of the game, if in a lot of the, a lot of the, especially, you know, you, you really read the, you know, the player's guide, the lore of, of yeah. how to play the game. Yeah. And what what they're trying to do with the game. Oh, right, right. Is um, it's supposed to be a game of personal horror mm-hmm. um, in that you have been turned into this horrible monster mm-hmm. that must take life to survive. And yeah, what do you do with that? Yeah, you're you know? not
1: escaping into vampirism. You're stuck with it.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: You know. Um
0: and so the the whole idea of a humanity score mm-hmm. was that you have what's called a hierarchy of sins, of lines in the sand essentially. Mm-hmm. And when you cross one, you slip a little deeper and you give a little more ground to the beast within mm-hmm. and you become a little less human. Yeah. Uh, and at a certain point, you literally just pass your character sheet to your uh, to your storyteller because you have just become a feral monster. Yep. Um, and that's one of the big reasons why, like, I didn't like ever playing the Sabbat. Yeah. Because the Sabbat, you know, oh, they they give themselves over to the vampirism. Well, that doesn't sound like fun. You've literally taken the whole aspect of feeling bad about doing vampire stuff out of the game.
1: Right. now, Now, now it's just an accepted regular thing.
0: Yeah, now I'm just doing crazy vampire stuff.
1: Right, right. Yeah, and I I kind of felt the same way about um, another one on here, Warhammer. And that was that you had factions that you could play that were basically chaos and evil and horror Mm -hmm. all the time. And it was like, okay, so why am I doing this other than to just finish the corruption of the world? Like, that's my goal. Yeah. Like, I'm already corrupted, so I'm just going to finish off everyone else because there's no better thing to do. Or, you know, I'm here for the fight. The never-ending fight. I will always be here for the fight. So therefore, I'm going to keep fighting. Yeah, you know, and and that's I think where you can get where dark fantasy can sometimes go too far with well, with with what you're a bit, what, where you go with the character itself.
0: With with regards to, to like Warhammer Fantasy and 40k mm-hmm. and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, I mean, I, I think a lot of the story is there to facilitate the board game,
1: the, the I agree. strategy game.
0: Um, I mean, they, they built a lot of lore around it and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I mean, do you want an honest answer to why would the forces of chaos do what they're doing? Sure. Uh, so they are literally trying to tear apart reality. Right. They are extra dimensional creatures. Yep. Um, and as far as their forces go, uh, a lot of their forces don't have a choice uh simply because they have made their bids for power or they have been caught in a situation where the only choice they had was to join chaos mm-hmm. and once those hooks are sunk in the um uh the only option really is losing your sanity and your humanity and your uh like basically it's turning into a weird mutant spawn mm-hmm. thing uh and at that point you're just a ravening monster anyways all right so what do you do you hang on to your your, your humanity, you yeah. you hang on yeah. to what little agency you have, right, and try to control it and maybe direct it. Maybe after a little bit, you realize there's no escape. And I mean, what do you do then? Right, you do the best job you can for the boss you've got, so that the suffering is as little as possible.
1: Hmm. Okay, all right. All there's
0: right. um, like uh, one of the, I I played Nurgle mm-hmm. uh, when I played Warhammer Fantasy, mm-hmm. and so he's the god of plagues. Um, and so a lot of his people are like Nurgle will come in and spread plague. You now have seven different horrible flesh-eating diseases mm-hmm. um, because Nurgle's forces came to town. So, Rob, let me make you an offer. Mm-hmm. You can either, A, die slowly and painfully to the seven eating flesh-eating, f- flesh-devouring uh, uh, diseases, mm-hmm. or I can take all the pain away. But you serve me. Yeah. And as long as you serve me, I can make sure that you don't suffer at all.
1: hmm
0: Okay. I don't say you're not going to have the seven flesh-eating diseases anymore. You just won't suffer. Right okay okay fair
1: okay i see where that's coming from uh-huh. and again that fits within that word of darkness is that you're accepting yep your existence
0: and uh oh god what movie was this is this from i want to say it was that movie where arnold schwarzenegger was fighting the devil um oh wow yeah uh, but there's this great line in there where his, one of his best friends turns up on the side of the devil mm-hmm. after a car bomb, exp- he dies in a car bomb. And then all of a sudden he shows up later in the mm-hmm. movie and he's like, what you too. And he's like, you'd be surprised what you'd agree to when you're on fire.
1: Mm-hmm. That, no, that's, that's pretty solid. That's pretty solid. Yeah. So yeah.
0: We got to talk about Grim Hollow. Okay. Okay. Um, so, uh, Grim Hollow is a uh, setting based around uh, D and D fifth edition. Mm-hmm. Um, not one of the core settings, though. This is uh, this is kickstarted. It's a third party product. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, the kickstart was funded in ninety minutes. Wow! Like that's impressive. Well, you know, uh, they hit a lot of their a lot, if not all of their stretch goals too. Nice. Um, so there's a, there's a lot of good Grim Hollow stuff coming out. Um, it's comprised of a setting book and a player's guide. Okay. Uh as at its Core um adds a bunch of new subclasses, uh, a couple new lineages for two different uh, different races you can play. Mm-hmm. Um and a bunch of new monsters. Okay. Uh and the world they or are, are, is is called a Atha- uh Etheris. Etheris. Yes. yes, I had to put a pronunciation. I always want right? to
1: do Atharsis, but it's Etheris. Etheris. Um
0: and basically it's a dead world that the gods abandoned to darkness. Ooh. Yeah, like the gods were like, mm, eh, probably not much to salvage here. We're Sucks out. to be you, later <laughs> deuces. Yep. And so the dark just fell in and started preying upon it. And it's, uh, uh it's I, I definitely want to give it a look, man. Look like the, the artwork that I've been seeing coming out for it and some like of that, and some of the promotional materials. Um, uh, a lot of a lot of people I respect in the community have been saying some very good things about it. So okay. give it okay. a look. Okay.
1: Yeah, and and I think that's one of the things that uh kind of sits with all this is that. Bringing something like this to the table, um, regardless of which one of these we were discussing, um, is a challenge with your players, is finding out who really is up for this. It may sound like a good idea until you sit down and really start into how dark it is, and then it can get kind of challenging. And I think that becomes... I mean, there's definitely interest. Like, I I like the idea of dark fantasy. I definitely enjoy playing it at times. Mm -hmm. But I can say... pretty much right now after all the stress that i've dealt with in 2020 mm-hmm. and and some of the stuff i don't know if i'd want to play it soon yeah i don't know if i'm ready yeah. to step into it psychologically to say yeah i could go do this now. i
0: i agree i agree and you know for, for what it's worth i i really like the dark fantasy genre mm-hmm. from a distance yeah um i love playing dark souls mm-hmm. um But, like I said, Darkest Dungeon, I can't touch that game. Yeah. I can't. It's just too much stress. Yeah. Um, You have run games before where I've become extraordinarily stressed out just because for one game session, I felt really powerless and really set upon. Yeah. And I walked away from the game just feeling like... Oh, I can't I can't. Yeah. Oh, I don't feel like that was good. I don't feel like I accomplished anything. I don't feel good about that story, you know. And that's unfortunately uh, the truth of dark fantasy. And make just make a, a campaign of that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But but and this is kind of getting into where um you know, dark fantasy really lies is the whole concept of contrast, like I said we have yes. come back around to that. Yes. The movie by the way was End of Days thank you Knox. Yes.
1: I did see that in the chat.
0: Um just wanted to put that out there mm-hmm, on the broadcast mm-hmm. for the record for anybody who's listening. Yeah. Um
1: not not, not necessarily good but fits.
0: <laughs> there's a there's a there's a quote that I love um uh, and with, without getting too heavily into the theological implications of the quote, sure. Um, the quote is "Deus est daemon inversus," which is Latin for "the devil is God's shadow" or "the devil is God upside down, inverted."
1: Ah, okay, okay, okay. Um, it is the true shadow. Yes. Yes.
0: So, putting the the idea out there: can light exist but for primeval darkness?
1: Well, I think darkness in uh, legend said it with. What is light without the dark? Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. Um, and so the idea of contrast um, in a dark fantasy setting is, is uh, I think it's really the whole point. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you can do heroic stuff in a heroic fantasy setting and it feels normal. Yeah. You know, it feels good. Yeah. Like you're doing heroic stuff. You're a hero. Yeah. People praise you. You save the girl at the end of the day. And, mm-hmm. you know, the the kingdom is safe and you get your fortune and cool. hmm in a dark fantasy setting, every act of heroics, every life you save, every monster you thwart, um, every day you survive against this whole thing feels that much more heroic because everything is dark. Yeah. Everything is out to kill you. You're the only one doing these heroics.
1: Yeah. It, one of the ways that it was, I was reading and a good description of it in my personal opinion is, imagine being in a mine with no light and a box of matches uh-huh. and every heroic act is a match being struck and yes. it lights up everything and you feel better for a couple seconds and then it burns your fingers and, it's and it dark goes out again. and it's dark again yeah and that's literally dark fantasy if you're doing it right that's how it feels it feels just like a brand new match every time yep so
0: um there's the overwhelming odds Mm-hmm. um People like not only the contrast, but they like surviving against the overwhelming odds. Yes. I mean, like I said, doing heroic acts in a heroic fantasy setting is mm-hmm. normal. You've got normal odds. There's good people around you to yeah. support you. You can go You can go to town. You can retire to the tavern at the end of the day, and that tavern is filled with good people who are singing songs and are merry and drunk, and there are, you know, bauxham barmaids and et cetera. Uh, you don't get to do that in no. a dark fantasy. No, you know you go to that tavern and the ale is stale, and the thieves' guild runs it, and no. the ne'er do wells who lurk there, who dare go there, right, are staring at you out of the corner of their eye. There's no song, right? There's no happiness, right? There's a fit, fit. Uh, there's
1: a fitful rest, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and or you don't have a town. You have the derelict of a town that is broken and mm-hmm. burned, and you find the one building that is still roughly standing that you can make it inside to shelter yourself from the wind. Yeah, and you you may get a moment to close your eyes long enough to be able to get a moment of rest while f- still feeling the chill, mm-hmm. you know, and that is comfort. Yep, you know.
0: One cold bonfire on a cliffside. Yeah. Yeah. Beset yeah. by monsters. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. and then there's other stuff that's just setting specific. Yeah. Uh some things really work best in a dark fantasy where they would be out of place otherwise. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, the, the the whole trope of the power vampire vampire lord yeah. in his looming castle yep. that terrorizes the countryside. Yeah. I mean you can't put that in a heroic fantasy setting.
1: You can, but it becomes exceptionally challenging because there's so many things beset against it.
0: It, Well, exactly. And that's why you can't do it, because Mm -hmm. it immediately begs the question, why has nobody done anything about this guy yet?
1: Exactly.
0: Like, I had to conquer that problem in some very complex ways to get the plot that I have in my own heroic fantasy game. Exactly. And that's just a couple bandit kingdoms getting together and terrorizing some villages in the countryside. Right. Why has the Imperial Legion not done anything about this yet? Right. Well, they had to compromise a lot of politicians to do it. Yeah. And that became a subplot in and of itself. Mm-hmm. An entire vampire lord terrorizing the countryside wouldn't last at all. Right. In a dark fantasy setting, though, nobody to do anything about it. He's the power. Yeah. He is the law.
1: Right. You know? Yeah. And I think there's a lot more of that as you see... You get closer and closer at line with fantasies as you start stepping into more fantifical things. I think, to a degree, if you look at the grim fairy tales, you see the light that those tales tell, mm-hmm. but the truth of why those tales exist tells you that it's a dark place. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, why was there a witch in the woods able to bake children? Yeah. Like, How many that children knew do you about need that? to eat to get a reputation for eating children? Correct. <laughs> One where you're not being taken care of, you know, as in, you know, oft. And that's that's really where you've got to, like, you, 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 you've got to start when, when the questions aren't coming up with answers or mm-hmm. the answers are the people are paid off. When, when a, let me see if I can put this right, when a sin is. Is the reason why it's allowed to happen mm-hmm. every time the answer the question is answered money, power, yeah, you know some kind of sinful turn that has has made it available. Mm-hmm. Now, now you have stepped into dark fantasy. Yes. Now, now yes. you're accepting that it's as the a weakness
0: thing. of man that, that that there you go, yeah, that keeps the darkness fed, mm-hmm. fed and well. Yeah, it <laughs> reminds me a bit of a joke. Mm-hmm. This guy sitting at a bar. Mm-hmm. And he says, you see that man over there? He points to another patron. He says, that man is uh, is, is, is Bob the fence builder. Mm-hmm. His He builds fences. His okay. father before him built fences. Mm-hmm. His father before him built fences. You see that woman over there? Mm-hmm. That's uh, Carol the seamstress. Mm-hmm. She's the best seamstress in town. Her mother was a seamstress. Her mother before her was a seamstress. Mm-hmm. <sighs> but you
1: eat one child. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's fair. That's fair.
1: That's fair. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, I agree that it's it's very, that things that you can get away with in dark fantasy, you really can't do other places nearly as easily. Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. not nearly as accessible. And you don't, you, your players don't ask the questions, why is that vampire lord on the hill? You don't have to answer you that question. It's dark fantasy. You just know. You've accepted it. You know, why are there werewolves populating the woods? Because, of course, there's werewolves populating right. the woods. Exactly, you know. Of course, the dark woods are a bad place to be, mm-hmm. even during the day, let alone night. Right, right. When you hear the scream of a child, you know what's going on. Mm-hmm. You know it's terrible. Mm-hmm. You know, Timmy didn't fall down the well. So, I guess the, it, all this
0: kind of leads to the question, the obvious question, uh Why? Why would you ever play Dark Fantasy? Like, like Knox was saying, it sounds like depression, the, the, the role-playing game. And I suppose for a lot of people it is. But what's, what's the attraction for people who do like this stuff?
1: I think for me at the time when I stepped into it was I saw a very rich world that was easy to accept. Mm-hmm. I, I knew what was there. I knew what it looked like. It was It wasn't what we live in. And I think that was an escape on its own. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes sci-fi is hard to escape to because there's too many, well, how does that work? Yeah. Whereas yeah. dark fantasy is, I know how it works, and I already accept the terribleness of it. Yeah. You know, um, and the complexities of it. I'm no longer questioning why the constable would, would let any of this happen, or where did all these, you know, uh, monsters come from? They're there because it's dark. Yeah, It's because everyone just accepted it and we've sl- slid themselves into this place. The question is, is where do I fit into this? Yeah. Where do I sit on the scale of darkness? And why am I trying to do something else? Mm-hmm. And now that answer gets a lot easier. You know, why did I leave my home as a farmer and become a warrior and, and go out and try and do heroic things in a world where I could have done a fine job being just a farmer? And living quietly in a normal fantasy world. Are you a farmer or are you an hors d'oeuvre waiting? Well, that's the thing about dark fantasy is is that now you have a reason. Mm -hmm. Now you have a drive. Now you're different and your drive and passion pushes you into the world. Maybe you were touched by something. You know, whether it be the light, whether it be, you know, a little bit of insanity. Maybe it was something special. Maybe you saw something. Mm-hmm. Maybe someone drove you to it. You, you know, saw a... that little flicker of light and it gave you just enough hope. Or you yeah. watched a flicker of light went out and now you're enraged mm-hmm. by what took it from you. Yeah. Absolutely. And and those now have a much stronger sense. Like you couldn't play that character comfortably at a table with other heroes you know why, why are you going to this dungeon because i'm really angry that this person died and i'm gonna take
0: vengeance on all these goblins in a heroic setting that's like that feels very calm down ter- man. exactly exactly which is to like, tone down the genocide like, but in a dark fantasy setting you're yeah. like kill them yeah kill
1: them all yeah yeah, yeah. You know? and and that's the thing is is that w- w- what's funny in your game especially mm-hmm. we have a nord who just saw a dragon yeah and he is not having that. Oh no! And no. the rest of us are all kind of, whoa, hang on. You know, you realize that's gonna just destroy you. Instead, in the dark fantasy, we'd all be, like, if we were all Nords in the dark fantasy nor- known as Skyrim. Yeah, we all would be like, let's go mess that thing up right now. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, I got yeah, yeah, nothing yeah. better to do tonight. <laughs> so I think, I think that's the key is, is that not only does the storyteller get that option, but the players get so many more options on how to dig that feeling how to move into that and accept it and have a different story
0: yeah absolutely um i, I think there it's uh, one of the big things about like dark stories like same reason you know same thing with like, horror and such like that is um it's very validating to <clears throat> people with darker aspects of their psychology um you, you know like specifically for me um I I can't really speak for anybody else but I can mm-hmm. I can speak for myself you know um Wednesday therapy str- well yeah struggling uh, I've spoken before with my struggles with depression mm-hmm. um and and the you know the trauma that 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 caused that and stuff like that um it, it can be triggered by darker aspects you know you may want to shy away from it but um in small doses it can be very validating um because uh for me, the world's not always sunshine and roses. Yeah. You know, I've got bad days with dark thoughts, mm-hmm. and when I want to tell a story, um, the stories stories feel incomplete without a, a dose of darkness in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, I, I I do kind of like to explore that a little bit, and it, it helps to kind of process. Some of those, some of those darker feelings, some of mm-hmm. that dark, darker psychology, and especially being able to do that amongst friends yep. um, at a table in the safety of make-believe. Yeah. You know, with with that sort of distance. Um, I mean, it's 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 therapeutic. You know? I, I agree. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's, it's therapy.
1: It's it TM it is, there, capital T. it is not therapy, but it is therapeutic. But I agree with but that. But it's therapeutic
0: yeah. to... to put those feelings out there to explore those plot lines in a, in a way that you can, you have that safety of distance from them Mm -hmm. and also in a way where you can exert agency over them. And I think that's the important part, you know, there's, there's darkness all around you um, in real life. Maybe there's darkness all around you in the game, but in the game you
1: have a sword. True, And I think Knox makes a point that in game monsters are monsters in real life. They're people
0: possibly your peers right
1: yeah. and and yeah. that's the thing is is that the moment that things get too close to reality and you're questioning the darkness of reality mm-hmm. that's when things where where your your line gets eh, i'm yes. not i'm not so good about this yes exactly exactly
0: yeah. uh so yeah no i, I think that's that uh, for me at least that's the big draw of dark fantasy okay. I, I like i like touching the darkness but from you know over from, here from the safety of of that separation you know yeah I we'll will will touch the dark the real darkness in my therapy session my actual therapy go. session, yep. not my Wednesday one. Yep. Um you know, but uh
1: but this 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 puts a little balm on it, I think. Yeah. You know? I'd like to hit the questions, because 'cause we've got good questions and I think we've got time to to make it worthwhile to go through all of them. Yeah, okay. Um let's open with Nox. Uh when narrating aspects of dark fantasy and horror, do you feel that the perspective and point of view uh, it's told in can make or break that narrative. Are there any point of views we should try to avoid? Are there some that you think would work better than others? I realize some, uh, like first person, aren't always available, but even if it is, would a different one be preferable? I think let's. I'm going to stick with dark fantasy and not talk about horror because okay. I think horror definitely has a different feel and point of view and narration makes a huge difference. Yeah. At least yeah, yeah. for my, from a thematic, like I do cinematic storytelling and narratives. Yep. Yep. So for me talking about a grim moment or a grim world, I will take different approaches of it. Mm-hmm. In the case of dark fantasy, um, I think one of the things that got brought up in discussion was the concepts of the fade to black and the veil is that you know what's happening. You don't have to break that. And I think narration from that point of view where you step away from the players and you stick, you move yourself to the setting that is around the players Mm -hmm. and describing it in the sense of sounds and moments that happen. For instance, when you're when the players are walking down or or walking into a city. And they're seeing shadows of people moving through things, and maybe they're the the those shadows run down an alleyway, and you hear a scream, mm-hmm. you know. And you know, uh, slop is being thrown out of windows, and the scent of 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 charcoal and and bitter is in the air at all times, you know. And as you make your way to what you believe is probably an inn, based on the general smell of food you get the sense that you are not welcome the Mm -hmm. moment that you walk in. And that kind of narrative, where you're narrating as their eyes are moving around the space, basically, and accepting these little values, I think makes a huge difference for dark fantasy. Whereas, like, cinematically, I might step away like in 7th C I tend to paint the picture from beyond the eyes of the player and into the eyes of what's going on in the world about you know someone being tortured in a tower mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know and that they're feeling helpless to set the tone of where the players are going right 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 you you give us um establishing shots essentially yeah establishing
0: shots and you give us lots of meanwhiles um to to kind of paint that picture uh but yeah no I think um I think the the unknown is a very is a very uh, potent tool of of mm-hmm. um horror storytelling. I agree. Uh and so I think by tantalizing their senses but not giving them a whole heck of a lot mm-hmm. uh you let the imagination fill things in and the imagination can do far worse things than I can.
1: I agree. I completely agree. Um so,
0: uh, you, you talked a little bit about the fade to black and the, and the veils. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think those are uh, the, the veils especially is a very powerful tool. And what we're talking about there is, um, describing essentially things that are happening off, off screen, off camera, of out of sight. Yeah. Um, so, uh, one of the ideas that, that came up in the discord and I really liked this description was, um, you want to get across the idea that the, the noble that the heroes are visiting, uh, is is torturing people, mm-hmm. and that and imply that that could be their fate if they cross him as well, right? Mm-hmm. Now you have them walking down a hall, and they glance in and they see a man strapped to some sort of a table mm-hmm. with a, uh, a an attendant there with him. Mm-hmm. Um, now conventional wisdom says you see this man being tortured, mm-hmm. but like, do you really want to sit there and describe? a torture scene. No, that's horrific. Like you don't, you don't even want to put yourself in that, that, that mental place to be able to describe that. Correct. So what you do is you veil it. Mm -hmm. You say you walk past, you catch a quick glimpse of a man shirtless um, with his arms and legs tied on the table. There is a man standing above him smiling with a, you think it's a knife, but you're not sure, but that's all you see. Someone closes the door behind you mm-hmm. you were never supposed to have seen that right your guide continues down the hall and of course over here you see the tapestries hanging from the wall from the right. third era yeah of you know and screams start echoing down the hall
1: mm-hmm. muffled screams yeah
0: your uh your guide makes a sour note uh, a sour looking face and begins describing the vase mm-hmm. <laughs> from from the second
1: era yes yeah. and uh or Even more impactful than that is the concept that you have the the main villain after pontificating and drinking and eating with you, you know, step back, you know, and say, you know, I I have another guest here, unfortunately, that I'm going to have to attend to. I do hope that you guys uh, enjoy the dessert. I will not be able to, you know, enjoy that course with you. And as they step down the stairwell, you can hear shouting until a door creaks open and you just hear the words, no. No, until the door closes and muffled, Mm -hmm. and turns into screams.
0: You know something horrible is happening. You don't ever have to describe it, and like I said, your players' imaginations will do far more devious and awful things than you can ever describe.
1: Exactly. So, point of view is important, and stepping between what the players are envisioning, and then what they might might be coming to or leaving are always good things with those kind of, those pieces. Mm-hmm. So, um, Overwatch had one in here. Um, pick a high fantasy setting, game system, or franchise. Would switching it to a dark, low fantasy, change it fundamentally? If so, how?
0: Well, yeah, I mean, I think it would always change it fundamentally.
1: I, um, I think if you took something like, let's go, go with something giant that everyone's aware of. Zelda. Zelda, yeah. If, um, if the world of Zelda slash Link you know that dude zelda <laughs> was grim instead i think it would it would gloriously change it
0: yeah uh it's always it's always kind of f- verged on that a little bit, but he's always um,
1: heroic. But he's always heroic. There's he's always the, light at the end of the day. He, he's the one coming to save the day, even if he screws it up or is too was too late or let things happen because he didn't show up at the right time. He saves the princess, gets the Triforce, mm-hmm. and Ganon is defeated for yeah. another cycle. Yeah, exactly. Just to happen again. Just to happen again. Yeah, you know. Um. Uh. The other one that I was thinking of uh, was kind of. Um, the Witcher puts you in a dark fantasy to a degree mm-hmm. with an odd heroic figure, you know, who's 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 the one dark point in the story in I many would, ways. I would
0: actually say The Witcher's probably already dark fantasy.
1: It is, but it isn't because he is part of the darkness. And most of the people there it when they change anything. Well, no, no, no. But it, he's not the hero bringing the light out. Mm-hmm. Everyone sees him as the darkness when he walks in the room.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's probably the the only sane person. Maybe
1: um, I I think that is a great statement.
0: Who's, who's seeing things clearly there? But yeah, yeah, no, I think I think The Witcher's already dark fantasy. I don't think that's even a valid like you're not you're not doing anything. To no, no, dark I wasn't fantasy.
1: saying to change it or anything. Like I just it, it kind of um, sat in my head as one of those things.
0: Okay, so like I I, I kind of as a thought exercise I want to take my my favorite setting the, the Elder Scrolls.
1: Oh, uh, God, I'm making that like. Dark fantasy. Honestly, I don't think it would change that one much. I really don't. Because I think it's on the edge of it. I don't know, like... Dude, every time I walk around in ESO, some dude is messing with some other dude because of some corruption, and you find out that everyone involved was gray in some way. That they were dealing with their own BS. There's a lot of political and manipulation that happens. You're finding somebody on the road who's asking for help. Then well, you find out that that person really wasn't asking for help. They were on their way to do something terrible. You know, something generally almost terrible. Okay.
0: I mean, look, that's... that's okay, Common. That, that's, well, no. What I'm saying is that's there for an for MMO.
1: I understand okay. that.
0: You've got... You've got a very small, relatively small game world. I mean, you could fit all of Tamriel in Michigan. I understand you know, Even as vast as it is. Right, right, right. R- probably in greater Detroit, you could probably do it, you know. Um, and you've got a, a, a population density. Sure. You know, so of course it's around every corner. You can't... Tr- you, you, you trip over people getting to quests. Um, I'm just talking about, like, the, the, the bigger story points, you know. Like... Uh, Elder Scrolls Three Morrowind. Sure. Um, the 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 sixth house, Dago- house Dagoth, um, mm-hmm. and the dreamers awakening and such like that. And there's like there's some real Lovecraftian stuff that goes on there.
1: No, I agree. But, I agree.
0: Like, uh, y- there there's a bunch of NPCs that are all having like weird dreams and stuff like that. They're like getting weird mutations, tentacles growing out of their faces and stuff. Sure. Like it's already kind of close, but like, but... but at the end of the day. It's it's revealed that you are the Nerevarine. You are the the, mm-hmm. the, uh, the reincarnation of Inderil Nerevar. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert, by the way, for a 15-year-old game. Yeah. Um, and uh, you are able to overthrow Dagoth Ur, and you are able to, you know, reclaim the the Heart of Lorcon and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, and, I, and, and, and I, you kind of win the day at the end of the day. Sure, you save, sure. You save Morrowind.
1: But at the same time, you look at something like... And I agree, I agree. But it, it I think... The gray is there. Your your character in Skyrim starts out in a cart, being carted to their death because you don't know why? Because the Imperials are incompetent. Okay. But at the same time, everyone is kind of downtrodden. Everyone is worried about what's going on there, yeah. that, that bad things have just recently happened. So I'm saying it's on the edge. I don't, Shifting it over wouldn't be much.
0: I don't know if if, if Skyrim is a great example, though. Like It's uh, Elder Scrolls. Well, no, no, no. But here's the thing, though, is that Skyrim is, if you look at the timeline, Skyrim is a post-apocalyptic game.
1: Kind of, yeah. I, I would agree with that. Elder Scrolls Four is what you need to be talking about. Sure. But at the same time, all of this sits within that world, and I think it is close. Yeah. And I think pushing it over the line really wouldn't change you just it. Just got to
0: make the shadows
1: a little bit darker. That's
0: it. Yeah. Daedra a little more, a little more present, and the uh, the, yeah. the the nobles in charge a little more unscrupulous.
1: Yeah. I mean, really, it's 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 a very small shift. Yeah. So yeah. I I would say the uh, of those two, That's like fair. whereas Zelda would be a huge shift. Elder Scrolls, really not that big of a shift. I don't don't think Zelda's as far of a shift as you think it is. I think it would fundamentally change the conversations with pretty much every major character in it. Mm -hmm. Pretty much. Because even the dark characters who are a little crazy... Are still there to see something change.
0: Yeah. In a I positive guess, I direction. I guess maybe I'm just thinking of like um, Wind Waker and stuff like uh, that. Right, where, right, I right, mean, right. Wind Waker was a very colorful game, but like it was also very oppressive in it, like.
1: I think the color shifted away from the oppression. Yeah. I think that's what gave it a little bit of a, a better thing to and get then into. And Twilight
0: Princess was a thing too. Oh, so yeah. That's, yeah,
1: that's true. So. um dark chicken storm <laughs> now i want to play mad max mod of scrim skyrim that's oh, fair yeah, that's fair yeah.
0: well i mean you if you if you can if you conceive of the oblivion crisis as yeah. a uh as, as the apocalypse which it, it was very much yeah for a lot of people
1: all right one more in here before we run out of time uh the the mad elf dark grim, dark, horror gritty what are the difference for each of these
0: okay so dark is um the bad guys are the default Mm -hmm. and gray is as good as it gets
1: and any light is is very much striking grimdark you're probably
0: the bad guys too
1: yep yeah you've joined the bad guys but you're doing it for different reasons
0: yeah yeah and it may even just be just as
1: horrible, but you yeah. know You're either being forced to do it or you're stuck doing it.
0: Or yep. Yep. Uh horror. You're on the run. Uh you're you you're 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 the, the hunted. Prey. You're not the hunter.
1: Yeah. You're you're no longer the hero, you're the prey.
0: And gritty, uh I think we talked about this uh the last time or a time before, and that's uh gritty is basically just reality's harsh.
1: Yeah. Yeah, um, it it's, harshes everything.
0: It's, it's not. It's not that 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 there's anything any evil present.
1: It's just that reality is harsh. Yeah, and, and I, being an
0: adventurer is hard.
1: Yeah, and I think you can gritty up even you know bright fantasy and make it make it something that people just don't want to play because they're no longer escaping. Yeah, it's just yeah. gritty and challenging. Exactly. Um. So yeah, I I think that's where we push ourselves to dark is when we're talking dark fantasy, we're talking about a distinct difference between light and dark mm-hmm. and that the darkness has the control. Yes. Yes. You know, and hope is something that is not even a commodity. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not a word that is spoken. It's not a feeling. Whereas if you step into something a bit more like, um, grim dark, you've accepted where things are at.
0: Yes. Um, so, and you're probably playing along with it.
1: So oh. next week, we have a uh, system spotlight.
0: Yeah, second uh, second Wednesday of the month.
1: Yes, and you're going to do uh, Legend of the Five Rings. We are going to do Legend no, of the true. Five Rings. All right. <laughs> Legend will, of the Five Rings. I will go do some digging, because it's been a while. It's, like, a really long while Step looked at that. It's been a while for me, too. So it's going to be a learning experience for but, all of us. But in a strange way, it is connected to 7C. Yeah.
0: So uh, there, there's a little bit there to be but, to be
1: talked hey, to. That's the gift we give our listeners, though. We do all that digging so that they don't have to. That's right. So, uh, hopefully, we'll be able to uh, take you guys on this adventure and, uh, and and teach you a bit more like we try and do every week. Alright,
0: so. you can find us on Twitter at st underscore conclave, on Instagram at st underscore conclave. Listen to us live every Wednesday night at 7pm Eastern Time on mixlr.com slash storyteller dash conclave and join us up on our Discord. We uh, I have that uh, up on our Twitter
1: feed uh, pretty often and you can also find the link to a discord at storytellerconclave.com we'd like to thank our patreon members uh, especially our named members Knox in the box Sam the arcane asylum sparkle motion veteran and hula vu for joining us thank you Hula-Voo. you guys make it so much easier for us to do this every single week and keep this thing going so please please join our patreon our pre-show music is by arcane anthems if you were listening a little bit early you heard them that's patreon.com slash arcane anthems our intro music beyond the warriors is by gee frog you can you can find that at geefrogmusic.webley.com and our outro music which you're hearing now is only our footprints in the sand by midair machine you can find that at soundcloud.com slash tracks machine slash Trucks. as always a big shout out to our families
0: vicky and sean thank you so much for loving us thank and supporting you. us
1: all of our friends who've sat
0: with us at our table over the years to share all these great experiences with you and yes. you every single one of our listeners yes we love you so much love you guys stay safe good, good night, night.